the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone Studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click. Bimbo Jimbo alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. And we're live, pal. Hey, buddy. What's going on? We have another packed episode like we do every week. And we have a positively special guest right now. A man who is a world champion, a Hall of Famer, an in-ring legend, but what he is doing outside the ring is, in my opinion, starting to rival what he has done inside of it. His new book, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. It's available now wherever books are sold and wherever humans have pulses. So let's feel the positivity and feel the bang. Diamond Dallas Page, welcome to the program. Dude, awesome energy on that introduction. Thank you very much. I, I, you know, I was trying to, you know, trying to match it with you because I know you always bring a DDP. Uh, so thanks for coming on, man. And we, of course, want to talk about your book and DDPY and all of that good stuff. But sadly, once again, we have to sort of start with a loss that hit the wrestling world. And this one hit me, you know, right between the eyes as a broadcaster, somebody that I really looked up to my whole life. Mean Gene Okerlund passing away earlier this month. And I turn to you because you are always so good at encapsulating what these larger-than-life personalities meant to professional wrestling. So can you just share what Mean Gene meant to wrestling and maybe something that he meant personally to your career? Well, let's put it like this. I got a call. I've got some friends at TMZ. They've always... We became friends when we were doing uh, Resurrection of Jake the Snake when we were filming that because they always treated Jake with respect. So these guys, there's a couple that I like. And... um, I, I, I saw TMZ pop up on my phone, and I was like, oh, no, because it was early in the morning. And when they told me, Gene, it, like, it knocked me. It knocked me It knocked me hard. You know, it almost hit me as hard as Dusty, and uh, that was really hard because I love Gene. He was an amazing, amazing individual. Um, there was nobody besides maybe Kevin Nash, and I would – prefer having a drink with because <laughs> we talk about everything i mean gene was one of the most educated guys and in the in the middle of the chaos which is professional wrestling he was uh you know he was the shining star that always kept things cool you know he was always like he, I, I tell you what man he, he, he the women loved him <laughs> and nice. he loved beautiful women you know he would he would somehow even into his 60s and 70s He's never come off as a dirty old man. He was, he was a class act from A to Z. And he was just a guy everybody loved. You know, uh, I, I was at his memorial in uh, Sarasota. And when I saw some of the guys, they were like, TV, you live here in Florida? 
And I said, no, dude, I came in from Atlanta. <laughs> Me and the guy, you know, Greg Gagne came in, uh, Jim Brunzel, you know, the Killer Bees, uh, Brian Blair. Brian actually lives in Tampa, but those guys came all the way in from Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was a great to be able to sit around with some of the boys and, you know, and, uh, and talk about Gene's life because uh, it, was, it was a celebration. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like a funeral. Yeah. It was more of a celebration of a really cool cat. Absolutely. And I mean, can, real quick, can you just talk about because one of the things I, I thought about with how he helped WCW just by going there, that's like when you turn on pro wrestling oh, and you yeah. see Mean Gene Okerlund on there, you know, you're watching like the legit stuff to watch. Yeah, well, you, you know, you, you know, you were watching the show. Like, of course, Hulk and Mach, even, you know, Buffer. You know, Buffer gave it a bigger than life. But when it came to professional wrestling, when you saw Mean Gene out there and viewing the guys, like growing up watching that stuff, you know, like with him and Mach and and Jake and and, uh, and Hulk, and then now it's me against Savage, and Gene is interviewing me for the big main event. Like, that was like you knew you had arrived. Awesome. And that was super cool. Awesome. Well, super cool. Let's talk about Positively Unstoppable because uh, this is this is something that when I when I heard it was coming out, that really interested me. And to make it a little bit personal, uh, I have a friend. He's really sort of struggling with getting started in his life. You know, uh, you know, he's thirty three like I am, and he sort of feels helpless at times. And and I in turn sort of I don't know how to help him. He feels like he started too late. Literally yesterday, DDP, he texts me, "I'm such a bleeping loser." Is this the kind of book? that is maybe meant for a guy like him? I think it's it's built for that person. I think it's also built for the person who's on the cusp of actually owning it. You know, like it's, it, it, it goes from one extreme to the other. I'll give you an example. When during This never made it to res, uh, the resurrection of Jake State because we'd have cameras rolling. But Jake came down one night, and he was – he was so he was so mad at himself, and he got looked such a loser. And he punched the marble table, yeah. you know, the marble counter that I had. And I go, dude, what are you doing? He goes, man, I'm such a loser. I'm such an idiot. And I'm just looking at him. And I grabbed him. I go, come here. Let me show you something. And I took him in the mirror in the bathroom, and I said, look in the mirror. I go, what do you see? He goes, I'm a loser. I go, stop saying that. I said, look at the shirt you're wearing. And the shirt had a skeleton who was carrying a flag. It was all skeleton. It's all red. And on the flag, it said, wasted youth. I said, look at what you're wearing. Look at what you tell yourself every time you look in the mirror. Wasted youth. You wear stuff with Manson on it. You wear stuff that's like, dude, that's like the most negative garbage ever. I go, would you want your one of your daughters wearing a Manson T-shirt? He's like, no. I go, why do you do that? You got to change this, man. I keep telling you, you got to change this. You know the, that inner voice. You got to change the story you tell yourself. Like your buddy told himself, he's a loser. Yeah. You know the bottom line is you got to change that, and you can. It's not like you can't. You either decide not to or you do it. I said you should be wearing T-shirts that say positive energy. You should be wearing T-shirts that say never give up. And, you know, and then I, I walked away, and about a half hour later, he came downstairs. He goes, hey, look at my new T-shirt. I'm having Robert design. And it said, my history is not my destiny. I awesome. go, that's an awesome shirt for you to wear. You know, it, the repetitions of affirmations, you know, that's what life is about. Let me give you a quote. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. 
Okay, so I'm going to break it down. The repetitions of affirmations, like your buddy tells himself, I'm a loser. Yeah. Like, I'm a loser, man. I'm never going to be. I'm worthless. Like, you're, you know, if you say you can and you say you can't, you're right. Henry Ford said that, but what the hell did he ever do? <laughs> you know, bottom line is you are what you eat when it comes to this. You are what you think is everything. So the repetitions of affirmations leads to belief, positive or negative. Before I walked out for my Hall of Fame induction, do you think the repetition I was saying to myself, the affirmation was, oh, my God, I haven't been in front of people, this many people in 15 years. Oh, my God, this is live TV. What if I screw up? What if I forget what I'm going to say? You think that's what I was saying to myself? Hell no. Hell no. I was saying to myself, this could be the best thing I've ever done. I'm going to blow people away. I'm going to make them laugh. I'm going to make them cry. I'm going to inspire them. That's the only dialogue inside my brain. Anyone can do that. Anyone. So let's go back to the quote. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Here's what the guy's affirmation was. Now, I'm going to tell you what his affirmation was, just like I just told you what mine was. But you didn't know that was me if I said that. You wouldn't have known that was my affirmation. But I'm going to tell you what this guy's affirmation was, and you're going to most likely know who said it. Not 100%, but it's pretty close. Here's what he said over and over and over again. I am the greatest. I am the greatest of all time. <laughs> Who said that? Muhammad Ali. Uh, in, in stereo from yes. you both. How do you know that? Because he said over and over publicly. Yeah, he's very public with it. Very public with it. But he'd been saying it since he was a teenager. I once heard him say, I was saying it before I knew I was. Yeah, that's awesome. Take it till you make it. <laughs> When I created Diamond Dallas Page, it was a figment of my imagination. Man, I created Diamond Dallas Page, the character on TV, and Dallas Page, the man you're talking to today. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It happened through the repetitions of affirmations, mm -hmm. believing in myself when no one else did. When I told them, <laughs> when they wouldn't let me manage anymore, when I came into WCW, Dusty bought me in, put me with the Freebirds. I created Scott Hall's gimmick. We were on a roll, man. I thought I was going to be the biggest manager in the world. Or that, Dusty said, you're going to be a foul-breathing dragon manager. You're going to be the greatest <laughs> manager of all time. And he meant it, but once he saw how much with the hair, the clothes, the diamond dolls, the bling, nobody had bling like I did. You know, this is yep. before bling was even a word. <laughs> neat, neat rips in the jeans. I mean, I was doing all that before anybody was doing it. Yeah. Big DDP rings on my fingers. Is that they stuff, what, what that ended up happening, though? I, I, Magnum, T.A. Magnum came up to me one day and said, Diamond, we can't let you manage the boys anymore. I'm like, why? What did I do wrong? <laughs> he said, well, between your, your whole stick, you're overshadowing the boys. And I'm like, dude, are you telling me I'm too over the top for professional wrestling? <laughs> like, real. Think about that. But as a manager, yes, as one of the boys, no. Okay. That, right, that moment right there, I decided I was going to be a professional wrestler. I had seven months left of my contract. 
I was going to be one of the boys. And they they tried to beat the hell out of me. Because 35 and a half years old, you think you're going to do this? Everybody thought I was crazy. What I teach in Positively Unstoppable, the art of owning it, it is whatever you want it to be. Nobody has to believe in you but you. My book, Positively Unstoppable, from the person who thinks they're a complete loser to a person who thinks they're a demigod, mm-hmm. Absolutely. it'll help them get more confidence. Gotcha. Amen and to that. It starts with a little bit at a time. Gotcha. So, you know, yeah, do you know, I think it'll help your buddy? Yeah. Let me tell you, the first two lines of the book, the first two lines of the book are, um, if you... If you knew your success was guaranteed, in other words, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? Now, there's two people right now, somewhere in America or in Canada. There's two somewhere that are going to join my Positively Unstoppable Challenge. They're going to go to PositivelyUnstoppable.com. They're going to sign up. They're going to do what the program says to do. They're going to get the best transformation physically and mentally. And whoever those two finalists are, we're going to bring them to Atlanta GA. We're going to put them up at the uh, DDP Accountability Crib, which is now an Airbnb, Mm -hmm. where people can stay in the resurrection. You can stay in the Jake Stank room or the Razor Ramon room or the DDP. Dope, I'm coming. Sweet. (laughs) Bottom line is those two finalists we're bringing to Atlanta GA, and we're going to give them the chance to win $1 million. That's awesome. Dallas, I know our time is running short. I just want to ask you real quick. We all know it's no secret how close you are with Cody and the entire Rhodes family. So I'm just curious, has either Cody or the Young Bucks, have they reached out to you about possibly working with AEW? I'm I'm a WWE guy, and Cody knows that. (laughs) But Cody, I'll do anything for Cody. You know, uh, you know, I, I love my affiliation with the WWE, and they've been super good to me the last eight years, like super good to me. So uh, I, I'm a loyal guy. Now, will I help Cody from time to time if he needs some help? Absolutely. You know, will I be for, in there for him if he needs something? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, I, I, WWE, they've been too good to me. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got uh, an amazing affiliation with them, and I work with the kids at NXT. Now, will I help people at, at AEW? Absolutely. Gotcha. You know, uh, will I help them with my program? If Cody needs anything, he knows I'm there for him 100%. Awesome. But, uh, you know, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm loyal to who brought who, like everything with me and WWE is an amazing spot, and Bad. I love the uh, the affiliation that we have. Gotcha, Dallas. Real quick, I also want to ask you. This is something I've been wanting to ask if I had the chance to talk to you for like the last. 20 years is, you know, growing up, I was a big fan of the Monday Night Wars, watching between Nitro, Raw, back and forth. And one of your calling cards from your career was your feud with the NWO. And you were one of the few big names that never joined them. Even you post on Instagram the other day when you put the NWO shirt on, but then you you uh, laid out Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. But I just want to ask you, was there ever a pitch for you to join them? Or were you ever interested in them as far as for storytelling wise? No, not it. I never. Um, it was just always used to get to the next one because you know I had to. Uh, I had to hold my own identity, you know, and it just it wouldn't. It never would have worked if I think I would have done that. Big ups to Diamond Dallas Page DDP for coming on with us, man. 
It is always so awesome to talk to him. He is—he really is an inspiring yeah. guy outside of the ring and everything like that. I don't know about you. I'm ready to run through a wall now for yeah, him. He—he he should be like a coach. You know, <laughs> he should he, be. He, he is a motivator of men. One thing we didn't have time to get to him with is, you know, he really is to me like the Tommy John of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the advent of like Tommy John surgery, prolonging baseball players' careers and also other athletes for that matter. Uh-huh. Just what he's been able to do with DDP yoga. I mean, Chris Jericho, Goldust got back in like the best shape of his career. AJ thanks to Styles. Yoga. Like so many wrestlers use DDP yoga that it's, I mean, it really is this revolution that is helping so many guys in the business that you would think that, yeah, maybe, you know, get started on doing DDP yoga when you're younger so that, one, you avoid injuries throughout your career, but, two, you're able to, you know, like just be healthier for a longer period of time, you know, and be at the top of your game. I think for a lot of people out there don't realize how, yeah, yoga can really benefit you in such like high action physical sports like wrestling. Like, if you think about it back in the day, we didn't a lot of football players would do ballet. So, really, it's interesting that he's really laying it out there for everyone that if you do yoga, it could really help with your career, extend it, or even help re- rejuvenate it. And he was, he'll be the first one to admit that he was not like, you know, the yoga guy. You know, he sort of turned his nose up at it until he discovered, you know, all the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that book. Uh, it's something that I think that, you know, I was talking about a friend of mine that's going through a hard time, but I think it's things that we, it speaks to things that we all struggle with periodically, you know, wanting to reset and remotivate, you know, redesign, rebuild, reclaim, sort of a la Seth Rollins kind of deal. Uh, but, you know, he got, he, in the stuff he's done with Jake the Snake and Scott Hall, it's just his accomplishments outside the ring. Yeah. Pairing with what he did in the ring are just really staggering. You well, know, and I do think when it's all said and done, his what he's been able to do for other wrestlers will even tower over what he did in the ring because yeah. it's just it's that impactful. Well when you have a chance, like watch his videos on his YouTube channel. He explains like a lot of the people he helped, even though there was like a war veteran yeah. who was injured and the guy lost yeah, a bunch of weight famous video, yeah. and got back on his feet and was just in the best shape of his life along with all the wrestlers we just mentioned. But yeah, DDP has done a lot of work. So yeah, get his book, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. As you mentioned, it's available online or in your local bookstore. But check it out. And it's really cool. We forgot to mention this to him, but it's forward by Mick Foley yeah. as well. So it's really cool. It's just Mick Foley's involved, but even the back, you know, all the quotes of Terry Crews, Chris Jericho, Maria Menounos, David Arquette, Justin Moore. But it's just like a lot of cool people are, are a part of this book. And as you said, DDP definitely helps a lot of people. But it's really cool. As much as I love talking about the yoga stuff and the book and the motivation, it was really cool. I know we're limited on time with him, but just ask him a couple of wrestling related yeah. questions as far as it was really interesting him talking about AEW, how he says he's a WWE guy, but nonetheless, he is there for Cody whenever he needs help for something, which is interesting. And then also I, that was a burning question. Like literally I said something for the last 20 years. If I told myself I ever got a chance to ask him, I just want to ask him about his that the whole storyline with the NWO and back in the day for you and I in the late nineties, watching the whole NWO quote, take over WCW and by like what? 99, 2000. I think everyone on the roster was in some form of the NWO. They had like the originals, the the wolf pack, the red one. I the always silver. compare the NWO uh, to like the Avengers. Yes. They, it doesn't mean anything by the end of it to say that you were an Avenger or you were in the NWO mm-hmm. because everybody was in it. Like, 
that's that's why you know again to make it about like it's like people are, oh well, we got to see Wolverine in the Avengers he's an Avenger it's like is he though like is he really like Spider Man not really like I mean I know technically yes but they're not quintessential Avenger yeah. or quintessential NWO guys yeah or but fathers by, yeah but by the end of WCW yeah I mean you had Jeff Jarrett leading an iteration of the NWO <laughs> and stuff like that no nothing to besmirch about Jeff Jarrett I actually really enjoy Jeff Jarrett's runs in WCW as a top guy because I think he's entertaining as hell that slap nuts thing stroke all that all that terminology that he sort of brought into our world I appreciate but still like Bret Hart being you know it's just like <laughs> all these like dude actually you know maybe the worst thing was after you build up one of the coolest characters of the Attitude Era in Crow Sting you have him join yes. NWO Wolfpack? Exactly. What are you doing? And he what? has to change his face paint to that weird red. It he just was, was bad. It was glossy on him. And But yeah, when he joined, I really was like, all right, I give up. Like, the one guy, because like, as you said, there was very few big name guys who were not in the NWO. Ric Flair, DDP, Goldberg, and Sting. But then once Sting went over to the other side, or the quote, dark side, or I guess... Wolfpack at that time was what the cool version of the NWO. It was the cool, but once he went, I was like, no, because they had this amazing storyline for like what a year of him, like kind of what's creepy following them. Like he's up in uh, up in the rafters, he's coming down, he's attacking all yeah. one man, lone wolf taking out the whole. NWO team, they would eventually join. It was like, oh, no. I mean, and I know he he joined the babyface part of the faction. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't matter. It was just a bad call. But I mean, they're so convoluted. We don't have to rehash old uh, <laughs> old WCW we, mentality. That's but a we could. whole. We that's could. a whole episode NWO. We could do that. Yes. But I'll spare you today. <laughs> yeah. I reserve the right to circle back to this conversation. But nonetheless, it was very cool talking to DDP. That was my first time actually talking to him and. He was, yeah, I've been a big fan. I mean, it was him and Carl Malone. Like, all he had some great storylines and feuds. And, and Diamond, just- D- Diamond Dallas Page, to me, uh, I mean, he is he is one of those iconic wrestling figures mm-hmm. from WCW. And it makes me so sad that they did not capitalize him more in WWF, WWE. That momentum. Yeah, because, man... You could hear it just over the phone in the in the interview with with him, just how much charisma just like just drips off of the guy yeah. naturally, and how much you listen to what he's saying, and like you said, you want to run through a wall. This guy—that's the power he had with the fans and stuff like that. And for them to bring him to WWF, and then the first the first storyline you put him in is him stalking Undertaker's wife, mm-hmm. and you had him get just absolutely brutalized and destroyed by the Undertaker. It was just. It was one of those things that, I mean, again, that's a whole other conversation in terms of how WWF did the invasion angle and everything like that. Uh, it, it would just, it, I, as a teenager watching it, I was like, what are they doing? Diamond yeah. Dallas Page is a world champion. Diamond Dallas Page is 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 was the people's champion in WCW, mm-hmm. and I, I never understood. I mean, I understand because it, you know conjecture that you know. Because WCW almost put WWE, WWF out of business, that they didn't treat a lot of WCW's top talent in the manner in which they should have been mm-hmm. treated. Like Booker T didn't become a world champion until he was King Booker, not even a character he was in WCW. Um, but man, Diamond Dallas Page, they could have, I feel like, cashed in so much more on everything that he brought to the table. And they mm-hmm. sort of just sunk him right from the beginning. And then he was with Canyon 
And it just who bad in Canyon. It just uh, it just to me it, yeah. bum, it bummed me out with how they use him in WWF. But nonetheless, he's doing really good things now. So absolutely, if, if you go to Diamond Dallas. And he Page had a fantastic Doc, career. Yeah, and he even oh. had and he had some great fun moments in WWE. Eventually. It's just I never. Uh, it was just for he had to overcome that though. Yeah, you know that was another thing that he had even, to overcome. He had a quick moment in TNA as well. Yeah, uh, like that was post uh, the whole. Uh, I would. Love, I, want, I mean, I think he could make a comeback now. Really? I think he absolutely could. He's at he's his in, age. He's in the best shape of his life. He'll tell you. Mm, he well, feels okay. he feels like you know when he started doing DDP yoga. He's talking about how he's more flexible now and everything. Yeah. Like he could still go. Well, I, okay. I will. I'm surprised agree. they haven't done that. Well, he did do a diamond cutter at All In, which we didn't have time to talk to him about. But yeah, I, I, I could see a little bit what you're saying. How he was able to go a little bit. He was able to lay. Out. I mean, at least he can go out there every once in a while. Maybe. Lay out a diamond cutter or two to some I people. I think you give him time to do the cardio to get back into ring shape. I think DDP can still go. But I don't think, I think because he's so much uh, older, uh, <laughs> he's more uh, venerable uh, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to sell that. Uh, he should diamond cut our I, Randy Orton. Yeah, exactly. Randy Orton versus DDP match. I mean, I would be pull, like, and I love Randy Orton, but that's, that's DDP's move. Yeah. You know? Uh, the RKO out of nowhere is the son of the diamond cutter out yeah. of nowhere. Bang! And yeah, by exactly. the way, for years, even to this day, whenever I hear Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit, I think of Diamond Dallas Page. Same. Self high five. Yeah. Bang! <laughs> and even when he was a bad guy, reach out to the kids, and the kids give high five, and he goes, nah, ah. <laughs> he well, does it to himself. One of the things I wanted to ask him we didn't have time for was to the NWO conversation. Was there ever any sort of, for lack of a better word, jealousy about, you know, he's this very cool cat kind of character. Was there ever any sort of like, like NWO is taking up all the cool in the room. Is there enough yeah. cool for me, you know, to kind of like get mine and get over and stuff like that, you know? I'm sure for him, he, he it was a challenge, but I'm sure, he, well, he as we worked. saw, he, yeah. he made it, he figured it out how to make yeah. it work. So nonetheless, very cool. Another superstar. We could check off our list of the many great wrestlers we get to interview. What a great way to start off 2019. Yeah, and seriously, do yourselves a favor uh, to check out the tributes that he has done in the past to, like, Macho Man Randy Savage yes. and Dusty Rhodes. Like, they are absolute tearjerkers, uh, and they, I loved what he had to say about me and Gene Okerlund mm-hmm. and everything like that. They were very close. Uh, but let's get into uh, what happened on TV and wrestling this week. Uh, let's start with Monday Night Raw. Some stuff happened, some good, some not so good, uh, some very perplexing. So let's start right there. Braun Strowman destroys Vince McMahon's limo <laughs> chasing after Corbin. I liked Elias's little song, ratting him out. I wish they would have played a little bit more into their history between Braun and Elias, you know, because it sort of made me think of, remember when Braun had that giant, like, uh, the cello. giant cello? cello. And, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But I like seeing the locker room, though, like the cameras panning around and like different wrestlers are just doing their thing. Yeah, it reminds me of like some of the old SmackDown games. Like you'd be <laughs> walking around backstage and you'd like bump into like gold dust at the concession stands <laughs> or something like that. But it's cool. Elias just sitting there, quote, like just drifting, just shows up wherever. And <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the drifting on SmackDown. Something they took away from Elias. Yeah, yeah. More things being taken away from other wrestlers. But it was, I mean, anytime Vince McMahon is on TV, that's always entertaining. It, it just, is entertaining. I don't like him undressing the monster among men, though. Oh, And Braun yeah. very sillily, like, trying to put the car door back on. Yeah. And they pull him from the main event of Royal Rumble. What are we doing, baby Huey? 
Well, apparently, I was listening to an audio clip of uh, Dave Meltzer, and apparently, this is what he reports, of course. <laughs> Dave Meltzer apparently is the all go to person for anything WWE related. But apparently, Other than this, us? Yes. Yes, we're number one. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, he said this was the plan all along post Crown Jewel, or I guess, is it now called World Cup? You know, well, yeah, Bron- I know it's Braun called it World Cup. But. So I was like, huh, is that the future name? I don't know, a little Easter egg. But apparently the plan was all, he's totally fine. It's not like an injury-related thing, but apparently he just didn't want Braun to lose to Brock again one-on-one. So for- He had no crap that he shouldn't because he's been a choke artist in big matches, but why not just make the switch? But is it, well, I guess they still want Brock to have the title all the way through WrestleMania and then probably drop it there. So Hopefully to Braun. And so that's what I'm thinking. So poor Finn, he's just kind of a placeholder, a transitional opponent just for right well, now. Finn's been getting booked very strong. Oh, yeah. So he, in spite of the fact uh, that he might lose to Brock, he already looks super strong. So do you think, do you believe that Finn indeed will lose to Brock? Because I'm kind of, I don't, because I don't okay. want, I don't want Finn. I, first of all, I think Finn's on a tremendous role. And I think he's been really bringing it in the ring of late too, which is, which is great to see. Uh, and that he's over with the crowd. So I, I am I am pro this Finn push, um, but I don't want him to win the title from Brock Lesnar because I, in spite of how good Finn is, I think Braun is the better guy to put the title on. I think I think Seth would be a better guy to put the title on. Okay. I think Elias would be a better guy to put the title, and that's not going to happen. But I want to see Braun finally go over Brock Lesnar. I want it to be for the title. And if they're not doing it at Royal Rumble, then do it at WrestleMania, I guess. Well, I guess this would kind of lead to maybe next week, because probably next week we'll probably do our Royal Rumble picks. Yes. So depending on what they want to go with for the next couple months as far as the direction of these various superstars, I don't know. Like, I, I Okay, if Brock loses to Finn, drops the title, what does Brock do come WrestleMania? I know he's still an attraction, but I think having that title around him adds a little bit, and I think Vince oh. loves that. So that's what I'm thinking. It's like it, he needs the title, and I think it would be more meaningful if he dropped it at WrestleMania versus the Royal Rumble, So depending on who the opponent is. But that's what I'm thinking. Like I don't know if he'll drop it at the Royal Rumble. I think Finn will probably have a good battle. I mean, it, very similar to probably Brock versus Daniel Bryan as far as size-wise, big guy, little guy. But... I just don't see Brock losing it right now at Royal Rumble. Maybe Braun gets involved somehow now. He can still be that little outside interference, cost Finn the title. What what makes me think that Finn has a shot uh, is the whole reset idea. The 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 you know the fresh start battle royal, the mm-hmm. fresh start this, the fresh start that. That that could be something that they're going for. But I don't know where you go from there. Well, okay, then what happens? Okay, Finn wins. And then he, Braun's chasing his little buddy Finn. Yeah. we get Braun another heel turn? And I then, hope not. But then what happens to, like, Seth Rollins? I think he's on the outside looking in. So Ooh. who wins the Royal Rumble? Because, I, I mean, and then what does who does Brock face at WrestleMania with no title involved? Daniel in? Cormier. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty I'm cool. glad you mentioned Seth Rollins and the IC title. Yes. Uh, because I think... What they did on Monday Night Raw with the IC title was tremendous. Uh, I love that they they shot the IC title over to the Almighty Lashley. Which, by the way, I love the the Almighty uh, shirt that Leo Rush is rocking, very comic book style font and everything like that. I, I like I like heel Lashley. You know, it was a rough go when he came back to WWE. Yeah. But, but I'm but I'm digging heel Lashley, 
And I think having him have the IC title, sort of old school muscle bound IC champion, like a Don Morocco kind of guy. um, I like that because it allow it frees up Seth and Dean to have a final blow off match at Royal Rumble with some type of stip and have Seth go over and win that feud over the the friend that betrayed him kind of deal. And it'll free up Seth to get slingshotted to wherever on the card at WrestleMania he will end up being. Uh, be that in a in a high profile match with insert whomever. I know I'm a week early, so you're saying Seth will not win the Rumble or be in it. I, I think he'll be in it. Okay, but I, people do double duty at Royal Rumble. Okay, right. uh, so I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that, uh, but I'm saying that it frees him up to go over Dean Ambrose at Royal Rumble, hmm. uh, and, it, and it takes him out of the IC title hunt. So that's good. And I think now you put Bobby with Elias, and you have that. That's okay. the, that's your match at WrestleMania. You have Elias versus Lashley for the IC title. Okay, that's that's your that's your IC title match right there. I would have Elias go over. You have Elias chase for a little bit. Maybe he doesn't get at WrestleMania. Maybe through like DQ or something like that, and then he gets it at Backlash or something. But. I will admit, I would even though Lashley's currently a heel right now, his excitement when he did win that was pretty cool. As far as I'm sure for him, he was like legit. Oh my god, I won! Like it's been a bumpy start since he's been back. Since. I don't like that he uses the spear as his finisher. Just use the Dominator, where he flips the guy over. Yeah, yeah. Mm, well, why not the spear? It's Roman's move. It's been a lot of people's moves. Okay. Like we, like we don't. I don't need you doing it too. I know he's been doing it, but it's like, it's it's never been my favorite finish in general. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you think it's better <laughs> as a transitional move? I think Goldberg's spear was great. Yes. Goldberg didn't, you know, but well, that wasn't Goldberg's finisher. It was Goldberg's like setup move. Yeah. It was like the perfect like setup move. Yeah. And nobody's done the spear better than Goldberg. Fight me, Edge, <laughs> Roman, whatever. Goldberg Goldberg made the spear famous. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so because he was a football player yeah, too, it that made was part sense. of it. You know, Jim Duggan did the three point stance as his move too. You know, but it's Goldberg's deal. Yeah, but anyway, I'm glad for Bobby Lashley to finally be getting some momentum as his return uh, to the two WWE. And then let's be honest, he's not in the main event title scene picture at all. Not even the last. He probably couple. should have been a few months ago. Though. Maybe, but at least now at the IC title, I think this is a great spot for him to kind of float around and represent the title, defend it, be a strong heel with it for a while, and eventually maybe an Elias or someone down the road can take it off him. But I think this is a good spot for him. It's been an interesting journey for for Bob, uh, as you know, when he came back, they did that. Honestly, one of the worst segments in the last several years, his sit down interview with Renee Young, where he's talking <laughs> about his sisters. It's like, and I told her to sit on, why don't you get on that broom and fly away? Like, you know, just really cringy comments. I don't know. I still don't know why WWE aired that segment. It was so bad. And he had an equally, if not worse, segment with Sami Zayn bringing out those people dressed supposedly like his sisters. So that was rough. He overcame that to get actually in a really interesting feud with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Which he beat Roman on pay-per-view. That's right. And then inexplicably just separated. Loses to Roman on Raw. Yeah. When the number one contendership was on the line. That's right. And I never understood it was like, well, he already beat Roman at the pay-per-view like one or two weeks ago. Shouldn't that just make him number one contender? Yeah. If you, and they so they have them lose to Roman. That's when Roman won it back. It's like, no, in my opinion, it was a fresher matchup. They should have gone with Bob versus Lesnar anyway. Uh, that's what he's been wanting since he came back. He, he says... He can help get Brock over. And I, I feel like that's a match that people would have been more receptive to at the time because they hadn't seen it a bunch. Yeah. You know? And that, and Lashley was actually really good in that feud with Roman. 
Uh, but so now he's heel, and now he's got the IC title, so it's good to see him getting some some momentum, and we'll see what he does with that. I like the heel look, though. I dig the headband. I dig the vest and the shades thing. <laughs> the black hat he wears. It's always funny. I like to, it. it never falls off. I like it. Listen, Bobby Lashley ain't ever going to be called the silver tongue devil. But, yeah. it's, but you know, you maximize his strengths, minimize his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's tag titles were unveiled on Raw. What do you think? What do you think of the straps? I like the belts. They look really cool. Nice uh, white, uh, the actual strap, the leather is white. Uh, and I like it's gold plates. Unlike the, the men's tag titles, both Raw and SmackDown are like silver. Like, I, I, like, I kind of like the silver look. What? No, it's like you're a championship. It should be gold. We I, go for the gold. I agree. But why can't it be like white gold? It's silver. It looks like a dime. Yeah, I know. It looks it like does. change. I kind of like. I agree with you about the whole gold thing getting hung up on the gold, but they do look. I think they still look nice. What, the, the silver, the men's tag yeah. belts. Yeah, they, they look. I like that they're circles, big circles, but they look like change on leather. It needs. I want big gold. Even the old ones, the previous ones that were copper. I was like, oh, that looks terrible. And yeah, no, nobody wants a penny. Exactly. I like that. That's big. It's gold. And it, it, it's it's different compared to everything else right now, but I like the gold look. Yeah, they I think they look pretty cool. They look kind of, to me. I don't know why I sort of thought they look kind of NXT slash cruiserweight classic ish. Okay, uh, in terms of their styling, a little, a little bit, little points at the bo- um, top and bottom. But yeah, I dig it. I'm just glad that it's finally happening. You and know? it looks like it's it's not exclusive to one brand or the other. Yeah, so we'll see how that shakes out. Too. Oh, it's elimination chamber. Yeah, because if that's gonna that's something that I have lobbied for in terms of just having one set of champions that if you are a champion, you have to work both brands. Okay. That's something I sort of championed more before this move, move to Fox for SmackDown. Okay. I'm, I'm for one of two things. Either you, you, you have these cross-brand champions or you really, really separate the brands. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking a hard separation where you don't have John Cena floating around f- from brand to brand. Brie Bella. About, yeah, Brie and Nikki Bella. I'm talking about where if like they, if Raw wants AJ Styles, you're going to have to actually trade me some assets and I'm yeah. not just getting like the ascension. So <laughs> like I, I, either you go super hard split or you have all the champions work both shows. Because I, I don't like I guess my main hang up is I don't like having two world champions. Yeah. Well, especially because I well, this time around, because the universal title was just literally created because of this brand split. And literally it's just it's a red looking Title. I mean, that's what they did there. The first brand, and yet well, Eric Bischoff show up on Raw with the with the big gold belt and be yeah. like, "Here, Triple H, here's your belt." Well, at least though that title has some history, the lineage of the big gold belt from going back I to WCW and WA. But at least it was recognizable. Like it, w- it was the same design. But I mean, Bischoff might as well have bought it at Target. True, but at least it was brought over with uh, uh, the the merger of yeah. WWE bought WCW. So at least that title, people recognize, oh, yeah, that's a title that originally came over from WCW. So it is technically. But they unified them. I know. But yeah, with Jericho and all that. Yeah. But well, but at least that was a title with some history. The universal title, especially. And it looks like the title that had some history. <laughs> that's, Co- my cosplay. that's my whole point is that I don't like having two world champions. I like having an undisputed champion. And because it gets into this, these boom, these, get into Sorry. these issues where like you have AJ Styles going on fifth, and he's he's defending the belt of of Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin, yeah, you know, and then you have the Universal Title going last, which honestly, it's a brand new title. is is sort of Four wanting, guys. yeah. And how many times has it even been defended? It's kind of a cursed title at this point. 
Uh, and so that that's sort of, I just want one world champion. I and I get uh, maybe it's a blessing now because Brock never shows up. But uh, even even when he does, I just I feel like it cheapens the the WWE championship. I never want to see that. So you either go hard separation or you have one world champion, one well, set of tag champions. I think I would probably unify IC and US like they did back in the day, and it has to be the IC. Have the IC winner. That's that's your championship, and then. Well, maybe, maybe have a European championship on the main roster. Sure, I liked that. I liked yeah. those days. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think for right now, it can work as far as whoever eventually wins the women's tag team titles can be on both shows. But I think once they go to Fox, what, come October, I wonder if things will change or will they still try to keep things. The, the champ can cross jump over both shows. So for right now, it's going to work because, hey, SmackDown and Raw are both on USA Network, so it kind of works anyway. Yeah. But I'm curious long-term, how long will this last for? But I do like the titles. I thought they looked great. Even just the whole segment, Moment of Bliss, with uh, Alexa Bliss talking to Paul Heyman, and then Otis comes out. <laughs> why? why? Nope. Do you want me to talk about no, it? No, no, continue. But I love Otis coming out. <laughs> like, ducky, yeah! Like Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 13, like talking about, <laughs> can you see the light? <laughs> Pretty lady, yeah. So that's a good that's a good segue into that. We have the call up starting to show up on both shows, which is sort of uh, interesting. Not nece- again, not necessarily what I would do as somebody cool. that believes in a brand split. You had Nikki Cross in a match on Raw, yeah, and then asking Ray to play on SmackDown, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I don't know what they're really doing with that. Well, to me, it's kind of a little bit underwhelming right now. As far as previous call-ups over the years, I think when you get called up, it needs to be a big deal. Look at Kevin Owens most recently comes out as NXT champion, challenges John Cena, defeats him. It's like, boom, I'm the next guy coming up on the main roster. I'm here to make an impression. And these ones right now, first off, how many weeks we had the same video package it's like, hurry up and just get here already. And now that they're here, they're just kind of floating in the background. EC3 in line on Raw, waiting to talk to Vince McMahon. And then on, on SmackDown, he was like flexing in the, in the hallway. I, I did like that with the little <laughs> face-off with Samoa Joe as yes. two TNA alumnus. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, 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 Lacey Evans talking to Mickey James and uh, Dana Brooke on Monday. Finn sees her, keeps walking. On Tuesday, she was uh, she was watching she, Becky Lynch's match exactly, and um, <laughs> Becky t- drinking Otis's shake with the New Day. Yeah, so, I like that cold open of SmackDown. Though. That was cool. They're yeah. just pulling up, like yeah. walking to the rings, like bam, she's a badass. Yeah. So, but to me, that the fact that they're floating around on both shows, so we quote get to know them or whatever until what they make a final decision. It's just like okay, they're just showing up now and just randomly appearing versus. Maybe just coming out and having like a big immediate impact, like call out someone. Maybe someone's challenging someone. They're the mystery opponent to come out or maybe cost someone a win or a loss or whatever the case may be and just start like get some instant heat on a feud. So the fact that they're just kind of like, eh, just showing up, it's like, okay. I mean, I laughed when Otis came out. I thought it was funny, but I'm worried. Okay, I I think heavy machinery, I think you and I talked about this before, either they're going to be huge success or it could be a flop yep and i i think their style it should be good for either raw or smackdown based on like the number of kids who watch and the appealing factor but i'm worried that they might immediately just be too much of a comedic tag team the one thing i like about them on nxt is like they have that balance between comedy and doing funny things when it's in their promos or whatever 
But in the actual matches, they are badasses. Click, turn it on. They will lay out anyone. They're big dudes. They go in there and kick some ass. But I'm worried that on the main roster, that's going to be pulled back and it's just going to focus on their comedic timing. Yeah. I I think that is a definite that is a definite possibility. I think kids are gonna love him. Kids are gonna love Otis, especially if he does the electric worm in yeah. the ring. Well, it got over before. So. Yes. So I think that's gonna work. But I'm worried if they just focus on that, only become very one dimensional. It can burn out very fast. I think Heavy Machinery will have a run with the tag team championships. Oh yeah, I, I think they'll they, they should. Even well, though I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that they should. I, well, I'm just curious. But, by the way, where's AOP been lately? They disappeared again. <laughs> they, they, I don't, Drake Maverick just focusing on 205 like Live. George R. R. Martin with the the book of pain that they're writing just disappearing for yeah. weeks on end. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's not great. Uh, I do. I do want to talk about while we're on tag teams. Let's let's mention the the rumor, uh, the scuttle, mm-hmm. uh, the clickbait is that the revival asking for their release, as we talked about, and uh, Mike and Maria Canellis mm-hmm. uh, asking for their release, as we sort of predicted on this show that they were two groups that you know would benefit from a change of scenery and were looking like that they were going for a change of scenery with the mm-hmm. hashtag FTR and then with Maria's posts on her Instagram and, and stuff like that. Deleting so, it. Yeah. So it sort of looks like well, the revival, they're trying to even trademark FTR like yeah. license for themselves exclusively. So it looks like I, you know, if I'm the revival I, and I don't know if WWE gave them the name, the revival or not. I always thought a cooler name was I, I liked that they were called the top guys. So if I go to AEW, I'd rather be known as the top guys. Yeah, that's. I think that I think that it's a it's sort of like LOD Road Warriors. Like, what do you call them? Kind of deal. They're sort of interchangeable. Yeah, but it's like if if WWE owns the revival, well, you have a built in backup name anyway. Or if they trademark FTR, they can be known as FTR, and people kind of know what it's alluding to, yeah. even though it's kind of a negative. But it was it was an inside joke between everyone on being the elite. Yeah, I don't know. I well. If this is the case, I wonder, do you think WWE will grant it? Or they're like, no, you got to write out this contract. Uh, they know exactly. Okay, we know if you leave, where you're going. You got to stay yeah, here. Yeah, WWE right. knows how the wind's blowing right now. So it'll be interesting to see if they do grant. They, and they've been pretty good in the past about granting people's releases. Well, I wonder so. how long is actually left on this current deal. I wonder it was because they got called up, what, almost two years ago now? I mean, because that first year was a lot of injuries between yeah. the two of them. So it's really like the last year they've been really kind of being seen Pretty regularly. I think we could see if they do get the release, I think it would be nice to see sort of the first battle for the AEW tag team championships between them and the Bucks. Yes. Would be would be sort of high high profile, big money match. Comes right full there. circle with the B and the Elite episodes. Yeah. And probably have the revival win. You know, because I don't think I don't think all of the elite again want to book themselves into sort of being the champions right out of the gate and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think everybody in the box probably have the best chance of being the first of anything, you know? Yeah. Um, because they I are such you. a draw. Um, By the way, real quick, just what do you think of Vince McMahon in the ring talking to John Cena? John Cena, it. ruthless aggression. I really liked Cena's promo. And also, just Vince McMahon, there's a lot of beef in here. Beef. <laughs> Kept dropping beef. <laughs> Which I just kept laughing. It made me think of uh, Chris Jericho's story about when he, uh, Jericho was pitching a storyline. This was in his uh, his most recent book, uh, No is a Four-Letter Word. Yeah. Uh, where he's talking about he's pitching a storyline to Vince. And, Vin, and like you're never supposed to pitch a storyline to Vince when he's eating. And Vince <laughs> was eating a steak. And uh, after Jericho got done pitching a storyline, which is an awesome storyline idea that involves Shawn Michaels and the Wyatt family, uh, Vince just looks at him and goes, bad cow. 
like completely crapping on Jericho's like pitch and no selling it and just go bad cow because his steak was bad. Yeah. And like the idea just died right there. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of beef in here. No, I I liked Vince's role with that, and I I like that's kind of I thought it was a good way of sort of um, pumping up Finn and making him even more so the underdog and everything like that, and sort of art imitating life. Like, does Vince really believe in Finn? You know, it goes back to the, the smaller the '80s mentality about smaller guys and the championships and stuff like that. And I, so I, I appreciate that. And I really liked John's promo too. I thought yes. Cena did a great job. Again, he's a SmackDown wrestler, so I don't know why he's on Raw. But <laughs> but also the fact that he put over Finn, he took the pin in the Fatal 4-Way. Yeah. And then, you know, literally. I preferred Corbin eat the pin there. Yeah, that's what I thought so too. That's why the only reason I thought he was in the match in the first place. But the fact John took the pin and raised his hand and grabbed the mic, kind of giving the ultimate, like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm saying? Like, uh, 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 you know, just favor putting him over and just complimenting him and just what he represents. He's like the future of the company. Yeah. Even though they're around like the same age, I think. I didn't, I don't think John needs to be laying down for anybody. And like, I don't think John has anything to apologize for except for burying Nexus. Like, yeah. That's, like, that's your one sin, John, was yeah. that, you know, and I get it. At the time, you were red hot, too, so maybe it wasn't the time then. To, but Nexus got destroyed. That's the only time where I've ever been like, they made maybe the wrong calls here, and it's really indefensible. I don't yeah, think Bret Hart, though, to help him. I don't think John needs to be laying down and like be atoning for, for past wins of Super Cena and stuff like that. Well, I do like, I'm, I'm happy to see Vince McMahon on TV again. But by the way, which is one thing, maybe jumping over to SmackDown, the whole him and AJ thing kind of just fizzled out. When mm, I think they're going to revisit it. Okay, which is good, which I have maybe an idea down the road. But what do you think also kind of like the Vince McMahon's or the McMahon's taking over the shows? But it's like everyone's taking turns, I feel like. Vince is currently on TV. Stephanie was on before. Triple H. It seems like they're rotating, taking turns on television. Yeah. I Look, I'm, I am all for Vince McMahon being on WWE TV in 2019 and perpetuity. I think you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better authority figure in pro wrestling than Vince McMahon, just in general, of getting stories over mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. Uh, I think I, I would be a proponent of, you know, if 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 Vince wants to pass the torch to Stephanie and do that kind of thing, you know, but whoever it is, I'd like it to be consistent. Yeah. Um, I, di- I wasn't a fan of the whole, like, you are now the authority and, like, we're taking back control and stuff like that. I, I, I didn't... I... I I wasn't into it. Yeah. I wasn't into it. And I don't think that they realized the, I mean, I think they real the promo did not contain the real reasons for why people are upset. Correct. Uh, And it's like, I don't like new matchups are great. Call-ups. We've talked about this. Aren't the answer. They have a, they have a talent laden roster. Mm -hmm. that doesn't get utilized as it is. Mm -hmm. So I just want to, I just want to see better stories told. Unless maybe this is setting up, you know, AJ Vince, maybe, AJ represents Vince McMahon. Seth represents Triple H. I want. I, I think maybe Triple do, H and Vince kind of headbutt down the road. I think. I think they're setting up AJ versus Randy Orton. Really? Yeah. I. Th- I think that you know they had that moment uh, a couple weeks back when AJ became number one contender again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I think the AJ, fatal five way. I think AJ is going to probably eat an RKO out of nowhere at Royal Rumble. Unfortunately, I really want AJ to win back to WWE Championship and go into WrestleMania as champion. That's really what I want. 
I, I don't know if they're going to do that this soon. I wonder if it's just going to be Daniel Bryan retains and then takes on The Miz at WrestleMania, but it's a flip-flop baby face and heel that we wanted. I, but The Miz, they're doing stuff with Shane. Yeah. Which I think is going to go through WrestleMania as well. Yeah, possibly. So Shane's got to appear on WrestleMania every year now that he's been. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic as well. Uh, after Raw, they aired. Uh, Let me tell you something, Mean Gene Network special. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was. I, I it could have been longer. It was a quick like thirty minute special. But really, I, I could have. I could have watched even more. I need to watch it. It's, I just. It's really good. I dude. saw the advertisement in the corner yeah. uh, when Raw was going off the air, but I've had a chance to watch it just because. You and I talked about off the air. There's so much yeah. WWE programming week stupid. to week. It's keep stupid track of. how much stuff there is. But I, I put it on, and it just, it really, it did such a nice job of summing up a lot of the things that we talked about. Okay. Uh, his importance, you know, when he did jump to WCW, just how much legitimacy that gave to them. Uh, one of the really cool things that you see in this is his affinity for Macho Man Randy Savage, just how well they played off each other. And there's, mm-hmm. like, this cool, like, um backstage segment that they're sort of going through their paces on it and they're sort of like playing it's like okay i'll say this and then you can say that and macho man's sort of like listening and be like okay yeah i can do that and it's really cool to see that it's like wow it's gene like sort of like helping macho man with his character stuff that we all talked about um and it it was just it was a really really well done uh quick turnaround network special okay. so i definitely recommend it to anybody that's watching again i wish it was a full hour okay um was very cool. I used a lot of old footage. Uh, time out when Mean Gene left WWF uh, for the first time. Uh, how after all those years, like when he was leaving the offices, he got like a standing ovation from people when he was leaving, wow. which is pretty powerful stuff to talk about. We don't get that here in radio. No. I uh, usually get escorted out by HR. That's uh, how it usually works. No standing ovation. Uh, but definitely recommend uh, that network special okay, about cool. Gene Okerlund. It was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump to SmackDown. Again, we re- we referenced earlier the Becky Lynch cold open. Yeah. Uh, some would call it the Becky Lynch stone cold open. Uh, into AJ wow. Styles uh, r- rolling out there and rolling to the concession stands. Uh Man, we get a lot of hot dog references the last couple of weeks on, on WWE programming. I'm so hungry watching those scenes. <laughs> like, man, those hot dogs are going to waste. I want to eat a hot dog. But, but this is a hot feud with, with AJ and and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it's great. It was definitely just kind of randomly right there in the middle, well, kind of in the first hour of the show. But it's interesting for it's the WWE Championship kind of wish it maybe gets a little bigger spotlight. But it was very, for where it was interesting. They do the whole Becky. Uh, Asuka uh, versus the Iconic segment. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they're done, it transitioned to AJ immediately coming out. And if you notice, like on Raw and SmackDown, it's kind of been like a little bit new thing. As soon as one match opens or finishes, it goes right into the next one. Usually they go to commercial break, yeah. come back and start the next segment. They're kind of bleeding over, and then they go in the commercial in the middle of the match. I think it's trying to keep the sort of like a different, more upbeat pacing of it, yeah. you know, like where you can go to commercial like during like some of like the sort of the rest spots during a match, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, at least SmackDown, they put like the picture in picture in the corner. So you get to watch it that way, at least kind of stay up on the match. Even I, I think it's trying to smaller. sort of just change up the, the presentation a little bit. And different make generation. It more, make it seem more frenetic, like that there's less... Sort of downtime or one. I think it's smart because it's like you finish one match and you're already going into the next one. Like you finish one match and go to commercial, you don't know what's coming next. And maybe mm-hmm. it's like, well, probably something not interesting and maybe click teaser. over. I mean, we don't click over because we're, we're, bought, we're bought and paid for. Yeah, we already clicked on. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed both the Becky Lynch uh, starting off the show right into AJ Styles. 
patrolling the house that AJ Styles built. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. Uh, some other takeaways from uh, SmackDown. Fantastic match between Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I know. I know why you shake your head. And Andrade. That's it. That's it. They already changed his name on uh, WWE.com and everything. No longer is he Andrade Cien Almas. He's just Andrade. Yeah. Which, I, when I saw that, I was like, what? Like, literally, I was watching this. It's Andrade. I was like, wait, he's getting the single name treatment, too? Like, going back to Cesaro, even Apollo uh, uh, Cruz had it. For, wait, yeah, Apollo Cruz had it for a minute, even though he's back to now Apollo Cruz. But how many guys get the name drop, the full name, down to one name? Neville. Neville. Yeah, I was like, wow. Elias. Yes. I <laughs> could not believe my ears when I heard the ring announcer. And then just the they kept, and you you tell it that they were told to like sort of really hammer home that he's just Andrade now on the, yeah. the broadcast. I do they think like fans are too stupid to be able to say Cien Almas? I mean that's part of his jumbotron package when he you, comes out. You know, like and I just if you're gonna change his name and draw you want to drop it to something simpler, can he just be La Sombra? Which is a, which is the character that he was before okay. Spanish for the shadow uh, when he wore a mask and even after he lost his mask for a little bit of time. La Sombra is a is a rich uh, has a is a rich history in lucha libre. Uh, he had a lot of success as La Sombra. Uh, I would much rather him be that just known as that. If you're gonna drop the Andrade Cien Almas thing, have him just go back to being La Sombra. He can still be El Idolo. You know, um, even even I think I'd either rather him just rebrand him to being called El Idolo. Could they have Alec Baldwin come out and maybe challenge him? Or? As somebody that, that grew up <laughs> listening to the shadow radio shows, I am sorry. I, you know what? Actually, that movie's actually a guilty pleasure for me. I actually sorry. enjoy watching it. And I wish we got more. It's like Alec Baldwin was a great leading superhero man. I, I'm sad that uh, the the audiences of the mid '90s did not appreciate. Properly, the it. shadow, but that's that, a great. By the way, great character. You're welcome for Batman, everybody, because without the shadow, you would have been waiting a lot longer. Yeah, well, that and then remember the movie Liam Neeson did. Um, oh, he had like Dark Man. Dark Man. Yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, that was another shadow ripoff. <laughs> oh, yeah, love the shadow. Good pulp. We could. Do, I could do a whole thing on pulp. Uh, pulp uh, era heroes and stuff like Doc yeah. Savage and stuff yeah. like that. You know, but. <laughs> Just dropping it to Andrade again, yeah. and I don't mean to take away because they really did have a fantastic match, and it was cool that uh, that uh, it went like a full twenty minutes. Like yeah. it, was, it got some length in that match. Yeah, and it does seem to signal big things to come for Andrade. Uh, just call him AC ACA. Like, even if you just want to call him Andrade Almas, you know, like I, I just I'm not with double A. I am not with the the name drop thing i don't yeah. i don't get it i i, I don't know i it maybe just figure it's easy it's quick to say for the broadcasters or the fans it, to me it takes uh, me out of it though it it because well it makes a, it seem less legit yeah well it's just it's very much more generic at that point andrade too casual yeah but cn almas like yeah like it's like that's like a full ki- like we're not doing final fight it's not hager versus cody yeah. like we were still trying to sort of like simulate you know, sport in some degree. Mm-hmm. It's like Floyd Mayweather doesn't come out and just be Floyd. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, I'm with you. I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, no. Like when they're advertising it that's yeah. later on tonight, I was like, oh, no, it's one name. Because it still said Rey Mysterio, 
And I was like, it just says Andrade. I was like, oh, no, they dropped his name. The baddest man on the planet, Mike, taking on Evander. I mean, the real were, deal, Evander. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I was like, oh, no. And then the announcers were saying it, so it just reinforced the angle that they were going with. By the way, real quick. Brock right? versus Daniel. <laughs> UFC 200 and whatever. But yeah, the announcers were all behind it as well. So Yeah, they were really, really laying it on thick, I felt. Also, you're going to go see Glass this weekend because I got enough promotion. Oh, dude, I, I'm already all in on Glass. Unbreakable is my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie as it is. So okay. I really... You got I, a lot of promo this weekend. Yeah, or this def- week- definitely did. Even the family that won the front row, they had to wear the Bruce Willis type... Poncho. Poncho yeah. I was like, that's a cool movie. I was, prop. Telling, I was telling our friend Caesar Black of uh, manager of APW and locally around the Bay Area that uh, I want him to be glass for Halloween and I'll be Bruce Willis's character. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, that, that was a great match. Uh, also, um, building off a conversation that we had last week, the Mandy Rose Naomi storyline. Uh, Took it, taking it to it sort of it was shades of when uh, Dean Malenko and Lita were in the hotel room back in the day. Shades of when Booker T went to the girls' hotel room and Goldust was in bed with him. Yeah, I want you to leave the NWO. <laughs> oh, so good. But uh, I really I love this storyline. I love where this is going. It's uh, great that like I like when they do stuff off site. Yeah, and again, it's a feud that's about something other than a title. They are feuding over over uh, Jimmy. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think it's great. Kind of kids the USO something to do yeah. since they're not in really the title picture because they've been in it so much over it's the last new. couple of years. It's new. And it's it's fresh. about something. Yes. So it's great. And, and just the way she just the only thing, though, she kind of like uh, she revealed her whole plan to Jimmy right there. I don't like Naomi. This is why I'm doing it. Not really because I like you or whatever. The case. Yeah. Well, I think that's the TV PG talking. OK. They didn't want to be too tawdry with it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, overall, it was, it was great. Then Naomi comes out, whoops her ass, and they flip over the chair. It was still a great segment, and so I think this, yeah, this can keep going for a while, for a couple of weeks, and I just like the angle involved. But on a quick side note, as far as women being sexy and stuff, just I forgot to mention on Raw, Alexa Bliss kind of <gasps> getting caught. Yeah, there was a couple of sort of throwbacks yes. to sort of Attitude Era-ish yes. stuff that was sort of reminiscent of Trish Stratus a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I, I I thought that was that was a fine segment, sort of reminding me of Zoolander when the, <laughs> the guy brought Mugatu as his foamy latte. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, no, I thought that was that was fine, and I mean, my moment of bliss was just you know her on stage on Raw and everything yeah. like that. But uh, I liked I liked this Mandy Rose thing. I agree with you, sort of like the supervillain revealing her plan kind of deal. I liked her interaction with Sonya though, where yes. Sonya was almost like the disapproving friend, like, "Are you really going through with this?" But still being a heel, she's got like a, a uh, she has Mandy's back. But it's like, man, this is like a line that you're sort of crossing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I if this were 1998. Jimmy would churn on Naomi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I maintain that if this if this were if this were Attitude Era, I, I like it though. I like that they're going down this road, uh, and I like that they took it to social media with uh, with sort of like Mandy's photo shoots and stuff like that. Naomi sort of crushing her for that, and you know Naomi playing the very sort of wholesome wife, and Mandy mm-hmm. is sort of tawdry, uh, sort of thirst trapper, yeah, kind of deal. <laughs> Jimmy's the snack. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so I mean, you had Corey, Corey on SmackDown a couple weeks ago say, you know, that she's welcome in his DMs anytime yes. and stuff like that. So you got to use the modern technology, modern terminology and keep up with the kids, you know? Exactly. I, I, it's a way of 
staying relevant and using kind of today's world that we are in 2019. Yeah. And but rehashing some old storylines, but updated versions of it. I'm all for it. It's, it's great. It's just something. It's fun to watch. Listen, Mandy's a freaking beautiful woman. Yeah. And she's going to use her sex appeal to to get what she wants mm-hmm. and to because she's a heel mm-hmm. and to also tweak those in her way. Mm-hmm. And so I like this dimension to her character because she she is feuding with Naomi. Yeah. She if you watch Total Divas, she's she's married to Jimmy. They've had their issues in the past and mm-hmm. so not not with anything in terms of cheating or anything like that. But it's just like I, I like utilizing all those tools in the toolbox in terms of trying to get at your rival. And once they do have their match, Naomi and Mandy, we're going to be a little more emotionally invested because of this week to week episodic uh, you know, ongoing feud between the two. So I'm all for it. I think it's going to be really entertaining. Yeah, they're not just going out there and having match after match every week. I, I, I appreciate that. Mm hmm. Uh, about it uh real quick your thoughts on the Miz and Shane story continuing um I guess it's cool I mean but I just don't like how they're kind of like spearheaded uh, rocket shipping to the title match at Royal Rumble against the bar it's just like okay Miz we know he's a very declarated uh champion over the years but just to kind of them to jumping in and getting a title shot right away they haven't actually had a match together and they're getting a, a title shot they didn't really earn it. I do like it's kind of like a little bit of the odd couple a little bit as far as the way them going back and forth. It was really cool, kind of the birthday part, but I just didn't think it should have ended the show. It yeah. Was, it very, that could easily have been like middle of the show some point, but it was uh, Shane, though, when he took, you know, he, he jumped across the ring. He looked like he was in pain afterwards. I think the more he does it, the older he gets, yeah. it, it's taking a toll on him. No doubt. It'd take a toll on anyone. I, I actually, in a, in a different period of the year i actually think i'd be more into this storyline uh but i keep looking at it with sad eyes because this should have been the miz versus daniel bryan kind of heel versus babyface miz should be wwe champion right now should be leading towards daniel bryan winning the royal rumble and having yeslemania too but that's not what we're getting and again i love the new daniel bryan but it's just a case of timing being sort of what i look at with this and so the miz has busted his ass you know, to be one of the best heels in recent memory over the last few years now. And it looked like he'd finally primed himself into a perfect storyline position to become world champion again, something I think he richly deserves. And he, I think, is still so underrated as a professional wrestler because he is a storyteller, something I think that Cody Rhodes gets heat on in the indie circuit because he doesn't put on these, like, gajillion star matches or whatever. What do you want to do? He's not flipping around the ring. Cody Rhodes, like The Miz, is a storyteller in the ring. And Cody Rhodes, by the way, can have those matches if he so cho- chooses to. But he's a he's a great storyteller, uh, and I think I think the Miz, in his own way, is is also built that way. It's like there's no doubt who the bad guy and the good guy is. He gets he gets his opponent over as a babyface. He gets himself over as a heel. He embraces it, yeah, too. and he's worked so hard. And now instead of being world champion, rolling into the undeniable biggest show in wrestling. He's in this sort of weird tag situation with Shane, which is a great spot on in most years and everything like that. But it's like he was primed for it. It wrote itself. We've discussed probably making people sick how easily and how much sense it made where he should have been world champion rolling into WrestleMania and taking on Daniel Bryan. And now he's in this sort of bizarro Shane. It's very entertaining. It's funny. Yeah. But I think he deserves better. Exactly. Well, the thing is also, where is this leading to? 
originally there was talks of like, oh, Shane's going to turn heel on The Miz. It's like, okay, Miz is going to be a baby face then. I mean, he naturally is kind of is that now based on Shane not turning. And Shane is already was a baby face uh, 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 authority figure. So the fact that they're both now just being buddies and, like I said, kind of like the odd couple, they're just kind of having fun playing with each other as far as, like, outfits, what to wear. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of like Miz is not in the title picture right now, so this is just something for him to do. And it's just kind of unfortunate that they're just, they're just kind of thrown together. But, like I said, I think there could have been other things they could have done with either character. I don't know. Like, now I'm like, they're probably going to win the tag titles at Royal Rumble and maybe that's going to carry them over through Mania and maybe do something at Mania. I, it's like, but you're right. This is kind of an interesting way to start 2019 for Miz. Like, I, I think there's he deserves more than this right now, especially if he was to become world champion as the heel. He has so much natural heat from the audience. Yeah. It makes sense, but we're not going to get I just keep coming back to you. He really worked his ass off and positioned himself to be – to. I think a lot of people – wrote off that Miz would never be world champion again. Yeah. And I think he has busted his ass to be part of that conversation once again. Mm-hmm. And I think he has earned it. And he that, that was his slot, I feel like. that Again, you want to do new Daniel Bryan the, in the weeks after WrestleMania? Great. And yeah. You could even play off it with Miz, too. It's like, so you finally had to come around you know, to sort of like my side, of, which they sort of did on Miz TV a little while back. But again, it's just a case of bad timing. And I think... Uh, down the line, I think this storyline with Shane actually like is is it's it's entertaining. Like we've like we yeah, said, we like Shane too. And like, in a different year for Miz at WrestleMania, this might be a totally awesome spot. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. But he had worked so hard to get into it. I feel like a different tier. I mean, he made the IC title very relevant again, and almost like the literally a better title than the Universal Championship. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just far as like he made that a very prestigious title to have when he held it, having great matches and getting a lot of heat as a heel. So you want to tune in and see what the yeah. IC champion is mean, doing. And the counter argument is that look, you're in a spot with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, who's never in a low profile match. Correct. You know, and it's like you're working with a McMahon at, at WrestleMania. So what do you have to complain about? But you know, uh, I th- I just think that he had um, he had worked to be in that main event slot. So that that's just what I look at. It's just always with WWE, it seems like the odd couple tag team are immediately very successful. They're probably going to win. They're going to get the titles, and they're going to run with this for a while. Eventually, there'll be the breakup. So here's how this will play out. Yeah. This could be a great way to maybe get Miz back as a heel if he attacks Shane at some point down the road. Yeah. But then again, it'd be probably post-WrestleMania, probably be post the opportunity has gone gone to the uh, sideline at that point uh, all right real quick before we get out of here uh your thoughts on nxt uk because I, I mean it's the wrestling twitterverse was all a buzz about how great a show it was so real quick tell it, our listeners what you thought if you have time please go watch it on the wwe network i was lucky enough i woke up just in time because it's over in blackpool so uh it was 11 a.m our time saturday morning so i was able to wake up turn it on right away and from the very beginning, every match was stellar. Probably the match of the night was the first match, the tag titles. It was, uh, Mustache Mountain, very, very cool uh, homage to the British Bulldogs as far as their gear looks. Coming in, looking like the British Bulldogs. I was like, oh, very cool, especially with the timing with the recent passing of Dynamite Kid. But unfortunately, they got the loss, which I was actually kind of shocked because I thought, remember when they beat 
Undisputed Era last year, a lot of people were like, oh, this is to help promote NXT UK, and they'll probably be the eventual uh, first ever NXT UK tag champions. That was not the case. They lost. And so uh, um, uh, it was Zach Gibson and James Drake are now the first ever NXT UK tag team champions. Those belts are gorgeous. I like them. Big gold plates on them. So if you look at Triple H's Instagram, you can see him posing with both of them. So a very great match. And then uh, um, Devin, uh, Jordan Devin, he was going to have a match, and he attacked his opponent, and so his opponent couldn't come out. Sure enough, all of a sudden the lights go out. The the GM says, we have a plan B. Lights go out. Finn Balor comes out. The crowd goes crazy. So it was very cool to kind of see Finn come home to the U.K., uh, even though he never wrestled in the NXT UK brand because that didn't exist when he was in NXT, but nonetheless, come back to quote yeah. NXT. And, and he challenged the, the uh, uh, Devin, who actually was a former student of his. So it's like teacher versus the student. Finn got over, crowd popped super hard for him. It was a actually really good match, and a lot of people were joking. They they look very much the same physically. So it's like, oh, who can who can tell who's who? But nonetheless, it was a very fun match. Um, and then, uh, let's see the, the middle match, the third match, it was uh Mastiff versus Dennis. Uh, that was kind of a little bit of a, it was, it was a no DQ match. They brought out all the weapons they can and taking out each other. And then, uh, I really enjoyed Tony storm taking on, uh, the NXT women's UK champion, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, Tony storm, obviously with a lot of news going on or just stuff going on in their personal life. And she was obviously this or 2018's May young classic winner, and so I like both of them a lot. Yes. Rhea Ripley. I like a lot her, her look and what she goes out. To. She's a total badass. And uh, I think a lot of people were surprised when she won the title back in November. So a lot of people thought, oh, Tony won the May Young Classic in October. She's automatically going to get the, the NXT UK Women's Championship. But she lost. And I think there's a great continuation of that story. So for her a couple months later, finally win it. I think a lot of people were proud. The crowd was like super into it. And you could tell emotionally she was just so happy. I think considering all the drama she's been dealing with lately, kind of like something very positive that happened to her life. And the last match, Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey. Uh, it, it was a long one, and I was a little surprised how long it went. I think they could have shaved off a few minutes off that. But Pete Dunn retaining once again. So he's like, what, 600-plus day, uh, which by a chance they call it, as we know, the WWE UK United Kingdom Championship. Everything else is NXT UK blank championship. So I wonder if they'll eventually change the name of the title to just call it the NXT UK Championship instead yeah. of the WWE UK Championship. I don't know if maybe they still have plans or thoughts about maybe making that a main roster title eventually. Who knows? Exactly. But uh, still a great match after all. Oh, um, overall, very cool. The crowd's like, Vince, are you watching? And Vince McMahon tweeted out, yes, I did watch. It was awesome. But probably one of the highlights besides Finn Balor's surprise appearance was after Pete Dunne won, he's standing in the ring. All of a sudden, the lights uh, go down, new music hits, and it's Walter who comes out, surprises the crowd, shocks everyone. Very cool. He comes out and, like, stare down, and it's like, oh, okay. And so it looks like that's Pete Dunne's next opponent. We've been waiting. There have been rumors of Walter signing with the WWE but he hadn't made any appearances yet, so very cool. We got to see him in his only Bay Area appearance last year for APW, so very cool to see him in person. He's been getting a lot of buzz over the last year over his appearances over various indie promotions, especially over in the U.K. So for him to be in NXT U.K., I think it's a perfect fit, and I expect big things. And who knows? You know, he might be the one that actually beat Pete Dunne and get that title off to him. 
But do yourself a favor, watch the pay-per-view. It's very entertaining, start to finish, five matches, very easy to uh, kick back and enjoy for a couple hours. So, yeah, watch NXT. And Triple H was there, so it's very cool. Triple H really, I could tell he just seems very proud. These are like his kids, and they're going out there and delivering another top-notch program for everyone to watch. Very well said. We are going to leave it right there. That is going to do it for this week. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo, and remember... If you're not in the click, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya. Bang!